Welcome to the Collective Voice of Health IT, a Weedy podcast. This week begins a special two-part episode looking at TEFCA. A couple of weeks ago, we welcomed three subject matter experts and stakeholders to discuss their perspectives on the Trusted Exchange Framework and Common Agreement. Moderated by Weedy board member and principal business advisor at NFX, John Kelly, we welcome Hans Boutendijk, Director of Interoperability Strategy at Cerner, Tim Pletcher, Executive Director for the Michigan Health Information Network, or MyHIN, and Daniel Lloyd, Senior VP, Private Marketing Innovations and Quality Initiatives at AHIP. This is part one of the panel discussion. Um, so I think we're going to uh, start our transition over to the other panel. Uh, and uh, we're speaking with um, three folks, um, Hans um, and uh, Tim and uh, Danielle, um, about kind of perspectives on TEFCA. Um, I think that there's still a lot of questions. We're in the middle of a comment period. Uh, when we think about TEFCA and think about interoperability, uh, and, and Weedy has been smack in the middle of it, one could maybe argue that the first point at which uh, the public sector and the federal government and HHS put their, their foot on the pedal was literally with HIPAA, um, you know, accelerating the idea. We called it administrative simplification back then, but it was really founded on using the kinds of digital transactions that we use in other industries. You know, the phrase back then is, how can we make healthcare look like an ATM? Um, and, and how could we apply those principles from other industries to healthcare and make things better, faster, smoother, take out the friction in information exchange? Um, as we all know, here we are uh, over 25 years later, and there's still a few transactions that were in that mandate that haven't been implemented. Uh, along the way, we had high tech and ARA and meaningful use um, and a number of places where uh, the federal government has has uh, gotten into the mix to try to move us all along with carrots and sticks. Um, and I think with TEFCA here, we have, um, you know, uh, Mickey Tripathi had had indicated last week at, at the Weedy session, I believe it was on Wednesday, that TEFCA, we're looking at this as a voluntary uh, participation thing, but that it's designed to be a baseline uh, set of methods and protocols uh, where all of the stakeholders in healthcare uh, can move along some of those use cases that haven't advanced as quickly as we wanted them to. Um, so with that, um, we're going to engage the panel here. Um, maybe the first question that we'd like to ask is, give, given that context, where we are, uh, we've, we've been maybe almost 30 years working on this. Um, how ready are we to take this hopefully last and final leap uh, for kind of a national network that, that can engage all the stakeholders? Maybe Tim, maybe you start with you. Sure. Okay. You're doing some great work up in my hand and in your little I, part I, of the country. So I, I'm Tim Fletcher, executive director for the Michigan Health Information Network, uh, my hand. Um, you know, I, I think, I think people have really not fully celebrated the success of, of HIPAA from an administrative simplification. A lot of times people talk about how great claims data is, how poor clinical information is. And a, a lot of that is because of the discipline that went into really standardizing on a national scale. And, and you know, the, the, the ability to validate transactions, to understand uh, rigorously what good quality data is, 
you know, it, it wasn't a happy accident that that data, while not perfect, is of very high quality. It was a, it was a design feature. And so I, I think as we go into Tefka and think about the sort of brave new world uh, that, that Tefka is embracing, you know, I think we have to be equally disciplined on making sure we have high quality usable data and usable information. And so I, I think we are focusing a lot on sort of the, hey, just share the data, don't information block. But you know, I think there's plenty of more room here because the, the devil's in the details on this stuff. We need, we need to put um, the expertise in place that sort of Weedy helped pioneer uh, to really focus on the quality of the information that gets exchanged uh, beyond just sharing the data. So I think we have a long way to go on the quality and the usability of the information. And we still have a lot of emphasis on kind of just getting the basic connectivity to share the data, um, which Tefka is a good, a good start for. So Hans, um, Tim mentioned the quality of the data. You're one of those folks out there sitting on mountains of it. Uh, how, how ready are we for this? And, and is, is the, where do you think the pathway is to get to the good quality data that Tim's talking about? Uh, thanks, John, uh, and uh, thank you for, uh, uh, for today's session. Um, I think uh, there, there's a variety of answers to that. There are mountains of data in a lot of places. Uh, providers certainly have uh, a lot of them because that's the, uh, in many cases, the source, the starting point of the data. Um, but the data lives in a variety of other places as well that, depending on where you're at, uh, may at times be a better source uh, because it's more aggregated. It has already been um, uh, harmonized, normalized, whatever. So I think we're looking at a plethora of, of, of data sources. And data quality, I, I completely agree with, uh, with Tim, is that data quality uh, is a key point moving forward. Um, uh, when you look at the progression uh, of, uh, of the uh, uh, interoperability from the early days, and that's not since uh, FIRE, not since CCDA, not since HIPAA, but it is since uh, uh, organizations, uh, the system started to, to exchange data, and particularly uh, across, you see that, that individual organizations had solved certain problems for themselves with local data that did the job. But then as they started to expand, they connected with HIEs, they started to connect uh, with, uh, with other networks nationally, they started to connect in, in a variety of different ways. And what's really being amplified right now is that um, the variation in how individual organizations have managed data uh, and the level of inconsistency, not purposefully, but because of the way that uh, uh, historically these systems uh, evolved, is now coming really to the fore. Are we all using um, uh, uh, LOIN code or SNOMED codes or ICD codes um, um, uh, increasingly, but not fully? And are we using it consistently? Is the same concept being expressed the same way so that I truly can, can compare? There's a lot of effort. I completely agree with uh, Tim. A lot of effort to be done there uh, to make that happen. I think the, the progression from HIEs, a variety of national networks, uh, TEFCA, Etc. is further amplifying that, uh, that need. Or you look at uh, immunization registries, uh, or you look at uh, uh, electronic lab reporting in uh, public health. Any kind of uh, environment where it goes across organizations, that's a challenge. And how do we deal with that? So um, yeah, that will be a, a challenge that will continue to be there. 
uh, to online organizations. We've seen that uh, um, uh, multiple organizations implementing the same system can end up in a variety of different places with, uh, with configuring it. How do we deal with that? And um, a network or a framework, a trusted exchange framework, can help uh, uh, with uh, moving that forward as well. Because if, as you look at different, uh, uh, different networks of different uh, sizes and, and focus, one of the things that they typically have started to work on and at times also struggle with is that since we're trying to share at that level, how can we improve the data set uh, uh, that, uh, that is done to the benefit of the participants? We're just making that picture bigger. It's like the glass is half full. We're just making the glass bigger and it's still half full. Still a little bit of work to be done. So I, I uh, as the policy person on the panel, Danielle Lloyd from AF, I, I'm going to take it up uh, 50 levels from what Hans just said and, and start with the fact that I think um, from the payer perspective, the good news is that, um, you know, when you think about it from a cultural perspective, I think there is broad agreement about the value of it, right? The technology is only so good as, as the buy-in when it's a, a voluntary process, right? And there's, uh, you know, there's an understanding that there are, uh, you know, that there's value to the ability to better access data, to be able to exchange it more easily and more efficiently and potentially really um, further impact outcomes. Um, when you think nationally, um, you know, the, the payers, you know, their participation in HIEs, for instance, is, is quite uh, uh, variable across the country. Um, but this notion, especially for, you know, national payers of really being able to connect more broadly um, is, is something that's of, of great value. But I do think um, it's hard to sort of put um, a, an average or a broad swath um, on the payers in terms of uh, their readiness. Um, a, I don't think our legal counsel would want me to officially answer that, but, but uh, B, you know, it's, it's variable across the country. Not everybody has Paul on staff, uh, right? Um, and it's, it's also, um, you know, the, there's so many open questions around it. It's hard to say, um, you know, what you, you don't know what you don't know, right? And, and, you know, what can you be ready for? Because we only have pieces um, of the puzzle at this side. But I think that the bright side is a, a lot of the pairs are part of HIEs, which, you know, I guess we can't call it a leg of the stool because Sequoia, I think, has an umbrella, but maybe a spoke on the umbrella, you know, it's a step in the right direction with this. And the, the payers who are in federal programs, you know, are now putting out these patient access APIs and these directory APIs. So um, they're, they're uh, you know, growing accustomed to what the US CDI is and um, thinking about, again, the the new use cases that uh, you know can be helpful to them, like the exchange of uh, of uh, clinical information between uh, the providers and the payers. Uh, so that you know, I think that's where we are at this point. Thank you, Daniel. I'd like to maybe you, you raised a couple of things in there. One kind of the the maybe from motivational aspect, um, and and another uh, just from readiness. Um, and I know we, you're, it's, it's fair not to want to speak on, on, on behalf of everybody in the payer industry, um, but kind of looking at things of, you know, where were we, where are we now and where are we going? Um, on the buy-in part, 
I think if we go back to the early days of HIPAA and administrative simplification is really a euphemism is why do, why do payers make life so hard for providers? Um, you know, back then there was a little bit of, you know, well, significant amount of adversarialness, let's say in the, in the early to mid nineties, we were also introducing this idea of managed competition and all that stuff. So I guess a two part question. One is, uh, from the point of view of, you know, that adversarial world of the 90s to the point of view of value-based care where payers and providers are theoretically sharing responsibility for a shared customer, um, you know, kind of where are we there in terms of the motivation to exchange information? And I think generally speaking, um, you know, from a readiness perspective, if payers are motivated, do you have any sense of what your membership is telling you about the level of lift industry-wide that, that payers are going to have to do to, to take this next step? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, um, you know, we do consider it a different day and age. And as you pointed out, there's a lot of collaborative work going on in, in terms of the alternative payment model space, quality measures, et cetera. Um, just using the quality measures as an example, um, we... Uh, Work, we partner with CMS on with a multi-stakeholder group of uh, providers and consumers and um, employers, et cetera, on trying to align quality measures. Um, and it's only so, it only gets you so far to align on the quality measure itself. Now we have to figure out how to reduce the burden by exchanging it more efficiently and electronically, right? So I think, you know, that is a, um, a multi-stakeholder group that has sort of buy-in on, uh, you know, what the next steps are um, that that uh, is collaborative, right? Um, and so it, it, it is a little bit um, different at this point. Um, I do think that, you know, there are, the, you know, as I was getting at with the value to the payers, right? This is one of those sort of it takes two to tango situations, right? Um you know, and that's where some of the payers have problems with um, participation in some of the HIEs. Um, you know, it needs to be that the payers are giving and the providers are giving in terms of this relationship. Um, and, you know, the payers see an opportunity here to more easily obtain an electronically medical record information that's going to support, um, you know, their justification for risk adjustment in certain cases you know, for the quality measures, um, for audits, right, of monitoring fraud, waste, and abuse, for uh, getting larger data sets to do trends analysis and risk identification. So um, there's a lot the providers, uh, that the, the payers see as value. And then with that, right, the providers can seam up. Um, if, if we're all, you know, doing electronic prior authorization, we're all going to be uh, better off, uh, you know, so there's really uh, finding that balance of how do we more efficiently do some of the things we're doing and both and see value on both sides. So I think it's it's taking a different approach and a more collaborative approach. Thank you. Uh, Tim, Hans, any thoughts on either motivation or readiness here? Um, I, 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 oh, I was going to say, I think in terms of readiness, you know, I, I, I think we all have appetite. I think, um, you know, I, I think we might be one of the few HIEs in the country that has sort of all of the health plans in our, in our space participating, right? Like over, over like 23 different groups, you know, but I think the, the issue we're trying to get to now 
is to have our national health plans be able to do it the same way across the whole country versus having to do something special in Michigan. And so I, I think the opportunity that TEFCA creates, I, I, I think, and I think Daniel said really, the appetite is there now for folks to do things on a national scale. I think that we have to still be very use case focused on a national scale and uh, drill into to very specific things that show that the folks on each end will get, will, will both get value. And things like prior authorization, you know, the, the Da Vinci use case that's sort of lined up there is a perfect example of where we have to sort of leverage TEFCA's larger framework to do something specific and concrete. And I think, I think uh, we are ready from an appetite perspective. We sort of have the master legal framework. You know, the, 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 the current pieces going forward are, are kind of more on our legacy technology base in, in terms of they're, they're, not, they're not really yet using fire and yet these new use cases that we really want to do and where their appetite is there are expecting fire. And so I, I think what we have to do is sort of transition the bridge from that sort of legacy space where, you know, the old engine stuff is kind of functioning into where that appetite for multiple stakeholders to do things. You know, essentially, I think, I think COVID taught us that it's not all about the EHR, that we've got to kind of get social determinants of health. We have to sort of expand the footprint where even HIEs are really trying to make the transition from you know, health information exchanges to sort of health data utilities in a very different way. And so, uh, you know, I, I think we are all ready to come to the party in, in a way that looks at the big picture. But I think what we need is very concrete focus areas or use cases to create value. And I think as long as we get that lineup, we're very ready for, for organizations to move forward. Thanks. Uh, what, uh, what Tim indicates can, that's visible uh, in uh, what are the current networks and what uh, what is TEFCA uh, uh, aiming to build on uh, is that you look at the treatment uh, purpose of use, there is a, a good amount of uh, sharing going on uh, under that umbrella. The moment you go into uh, operations, uh, it starts to get a little bit more challenging. But indeed, if you look at the, at the, at the use cases, uh, and line them up. Where are the ones that are is uh, increasing appetite and interest, and where is there still uh, 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 some work ahead of us to uh, to uh, build on the collaboration? Um, when you look at quality measures, when you look at uh, um, um, prior authorization, there is more clarity, more alignment already in play to say that's the appropriate data set to be used in those exchanges. The more you go to uh, the more open-ended type of uh, data exchanges. Uh, beyond uh, uh, treatment, that's I think where there's still uh, uh, further work to be done to understand what what is the how do we keep track of that? Are we sharing it appropriately with uh, the right parties um, uh, from a patient, from a provider perspective, etc. So that balancing, uh, 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 as I think Danielle also uh, uh, mentioned, that that's still work in progress. But if we compare where we are today with where we were a couple of years ago, that has uh, taken some uh, some significant steps. Um, a framework like uh, a TEF or uh, a TEFCA, um, uh, with uh, once the uh, the common agreement is uh, finalized and the QTF, is going to contribute to that. Uh, uh, there are going to be elements to that that the, that provides a more clear legal framework consistently, so you don't have to work through uh, that as much. 
but then uh, within that, uh, uh, the technology frameworks, the use cases, uh, they need to be then further worked through to make sure that the ones that are ready, let's uh, move forward on those. The ones that need some work uh, uh, need some uh, additional attention. Thank you. If, I, if you if you mind, if I circle back uh, on that, um, I, I I think I you know missed one part of your question in terms of the the level of lift, but um, some things that Hans and Tim said um, circled me back there. But I think um, you know part of it, as Tim said, is is focus in terms of level of lift, right? We have to be making sure that we have you know very particular use cases and that they're staged um, thoughtfully, right? Um, and you know the uh, payer industry has a lot going right on right now uh, in terms of not only dealing with the the pandemic in terms of you know trying to get more people vaccinated and you know all sorts of, of great work there, um, but also spent a lot of time and resources from a health IT perspective on um, you know telehealth changes and now the interoperability rules and right so it, it's really about sort of a methodical approach um, in terms of making this doable and I would also point out that um, the level of lift may be a little bit different um, on the the plans that are in federal programs versus the commercial payers and some of the commercial payers are also in federal programs but when you think about you know the firework that interacts here the um, plans in federal programs are the ones that currently have requirements to start moving down that path to fire and APIs and, and, and the like. Um, the commercial payers aren't included in some of those rules. Um, now they have their own work that, that is uh, gonna be difficult and time consuming in, in terms of the transparency and coverage rule and some of the IT resources and such that, that are required there. But you might see a, a differential uh, between a, a pure, let's say, a commercial plan and a pure MA plan that's already been uh, moving down the, the fire pathway. The, the last thing I would say is I think another good example that, that sort of gets at some of what Hans was saying is, um, you know, the plans, generally speaking, give providers data uh, to run their alternative payment models, but everyone's doing it point to point and everybody's doing it differently, right? Like Tim was saying. And so the question is, right, can we be doing this in a, in a much more efficient way that is far more consistent for the providers where again, we're all gonna gain something uh, by taking that step. So Danielle, you just brought up the word use case. I think Hans uh, kind of used it. Um, if we go back to way back in the beginning, the, the origin, the root origins of what is now TEFCA out of the Cures Act and the root origins of a lot of interoperability, you know, David Brailer had indicated kind of four primary use cases. You know, one, that doctors needed to start capturing data in a structured way using EMRs. Two, that doctors should be sharing that information or providers in general should be sharing that information with each other to support patient care. Um, you know, the third one being that that uh, data should be then become available. And this kind of moves into your domain a little more, Tim, with, uh, you know, for, for supporting looking at populations. How can you make decisions and policy around populations of patients based on data moving? And the last one being really engaging the patient. Now, the CMS rules have gone way down the road now in the last 24 months to engage patients. Um where do, where do you guys see in terms of TEFCA 
Uh, does Tefka fit into all of those use cases? Is it sequenced? I think maybe Daniela, you had said, you know, do we kind of stage them? Um, where do you guys see Tefka really getting at those use cases or maybe some of the others that, that you guys have in mind? I, I'll go first. I'll just say, I, I think Tefka is poised to um, take the data out of EHRs and push it somewhere else. You know, I, I think uh, if you sort of listen to Mickey and you know, there's a, there's a lot of, you know, getting the doctor's information uh, I, I forget which ONC director who talked about data liquidity, but but really just trying to get that data out, right? And I and I think that we've learned uh, since Dr. Brailler's time that you know um, that getting it out is insufficient. You need to get it out in a way that you can put it back in <laughs> and use it, and that increasingly you need to get it out and share it. And uh, as we move into value-based care and we move into sort of population health, it's, it's not get it out for a referral from one physician to another, but it's really get that data into a system where best practices, clinical decision support, other tools um, that require automation can really add value to, to reduce the burden on doctors. Um, and that, that piece of the equation is not fully addressed in, in the current TEFCA model. It's still pretty much focused on sort of getting the data out and swapping it around at, at the current point, at least in my opinion. Yeah, this, uh, it's an interesting area because I think that TEFCA long-term has the interest uh, to cover the variety that, that, that you highlighted uh, with Dr. Brailler and, and you, uh, there are others. Um, and, uh, but it has a couple of, uh, and it has some steps that need to be taken and it's not totally clear right now what is the sequence. So when you look at some of the documents currently shared, um, uh, certainly the purposes of use are wider than just treatment. Uh, there is a larger list uh, in play there, but which ones to focus on first, second, third. Um, there is a focus on document exchange, which is much more indeed about uh, querying for, for documents. And with FIRE, there's questions about what should the next step be. But if you take that progression, it's, it is intended to move from a query to otherwise. If you look a little bit about some of the, what the current HIEs and the networks, uh, national networks are doing, you, I think you can see some of the other flows that TEFCA is intended to start to encompass as well by, uh, uh, by part of aligning on a legal governance trust framework, as well as uh, consistency in the, in the technology uh, uh, standards that, that can enable the flow, uh, but uh, agree that the, in the early stage, it's much more on the query. There is another interesting part of, uh, 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 I think, uh, uh, TEF, uh, TEFCA as well. And I apologize sometimes saying TEF uh, uh, separately because it encompasses uh, the common agreement and the quality, uh, uh, the, the QN technical uh, framework. Uh, but that entire framework is not only focused on EHRs. Um, I think with uh, a variety of programs that, that we have seen, and actually as ONC started originally, it has been around HIT, um, um, not, uh, even though the focus has been narrowed over the last uh, uh, 15 years or so around EHRs and getting access to the data. Um, but I think you see with, uh, with, uh, with TEFCA um, and, the, uh, and the use cases being brought in, it is more HIT. Uh, it is the interaction with uh, payers. It is the interaction with public health. It is the interaction uh, with research. 
Um, it is the interaction with other HIT that has data or needs data uh, to uh, to do what they do best. Uh, so, and I think that is one of the uh, the more interesting aspects of well that we are starting to look at it more holistically, um, uh, uh, so that we ensure that it's going to come down the right data at the right time for the right patient in the right hands of the right stakeholder that they can do their job, they can participate, they can make their own decisions as consumer much better. I think that's what ultimately uh, TEF is about, uh, trying to enhance that. But there are clearly many steps to go before that's uh, all in play. Uh, I, I would, you know, I think um, that list is actually uh, fairly durable, um, <laughs> you know, over time. but. It, you know, there are some additions, um, as, as um, Hans and Tim were getting at. Um, I do think that, you know, when you think about it, it's not just about collection in the EHR, right? Um, for instance, um, you know, the collection of race and ethnicity data could be something that the plan collects at enrollment and then shares back um, with others. So there's, you know, there's other um, sources, right, of data and such. Um, I think in terms of the meaningful use aspect, um, you know, I, I kind of laughed to myself. I remember doing an NPR interview at one point and them asking me to explain meaningful use. And, you know, for common people to be like, you know, it's not enough to have it. You actually have to use it. Just really sounded silly, <laughs> you know, to a broad audience like that. Like, duh. Uh, but it's complicated, right? <laughs> As we well know. Um, so that, you know, that is true. It's like, you know, and that's part of the, the point I was making with the two to tango, right, is, you know, we can't build something on one side, and not have it used on the other side, right? You know, it's, it, again, it, there's that issue of buy-in and sort of the, the system all has to be um, uh, sharing and, and somewhat equally. But I do think that's where some of the federal policies can come into play, right, of, um, you know, uh, some exchanges being required, obviously, is a big enough stick <laughs> to get things um, moving. But I, I do think on the patient side, for us, um, you know, the payers are really concerned about the fact that the way the interoperability rules are set up for the patient access API, where the patient is, you know, gives their consent and information is sent directly to the third-party developers, um, it pushes everything outside of HIPAA. And that, that gives us really, you know, great pause um, and is not something that we think in the, you know, eight pages of terms and agreement kind of thing, um, people are going to uh, notice. And, you know, chances are it's you use the app or you don't. There's not, you know, any way to really control any of that information. So in some respects, we think um, maybe that sort of started too early, and, you know, if it's through the TEFCA construct and there are privacy considerations on every, everyone who gets the data, um, that that might have been a better way to go about this, right? And so I think that's back to what I was saying from the beginning was the staging of this and really having a, a broad vision of all of these different federal policies and all these different state policies and all these different standards, which are not just by the way, fire, but thinking about, you know, again, NCQA accreditation, for example, um, thinking about, you know, how do we uh, stagger this, these different use cases and make this not only doable, but where they sort of build on each other um, and not have sort of 
false starts, if you will. We'll offer part two of this outstanding Tefka Stakeholder Perspective Panel on our next episode. This has been the Collective Voice of Health IT, a Weedy podcast, where the health information technology community connects, collaborates, and creates solutions for a better health system. Find this episode and many more on our website, weedy.org. Thank you all for joining us, and be safe.